You do what the fuck you want, to be honest. Anything goes on Tim's. Hello. Um, on Tim Manor podcast show today, we've got Helen Wood. Hi, Helen. Hi, Tim. We've also got our Chloe for the first time who's nervous as a motherfucker. Yeah. Just uh, a yeah. Don't do cameras or speaking. Or she was re- she's read your book back to front quite a few times, mate. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> and she's a massive, massive fan of yours. And that's why I want her on there because it's really important that everybody understands Absolutely. it. But apart from talking about your book, mate, and talking about what's going on in your life, like I said before, I really want to help you out and see how we can get a bit of a plan in place for you. Cool. Do you want to start off with a question for Helen? Oh, you've put me on the spot now. I know, I don't, I don't do you've things got to like do it. This. I know it's important though. We uh, want to share Helen's story. We want to get yeah. her more book sales. We want to help her tell her brand story, which you're not doing to the best of your ability at the I'm minute. I'm not doing at all, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but... Yeah, no, I'm not doing, I'm not doing well in that department whatsoever. What was the reason you wrote the book? Take money off it. Take money off the thing. Obviously, you need money in your life. All from doing books. Yeah. Um, two reasons. Um, closure. Yeah. For stuff that I needed to address and physically couldn't talk about to people, which is really bizarre because why would you write a book and tell thousands of people about these things, but you can't sit down in a room and talk about them? Well, a lot of people do that, and I understand now why people do turn to writing and things like that. Um, There was that, and I wanted to put a lid on it with the stigma of this kiss and tell um, label that I've had for years and years, Mm. that I intentionally tried to break up someone's family by selling stories. Um, That was like a big thing for me, was to actually finally be able to talk about certain people that I were always told I couldn't talk about, i.e. Max Clifford, um, Paul Stretford, people who are basically or were untouchable. I was never allowed to talk about them because I was always threatened with, you know, the legality side of things. And then I got the book and I was just like, fuck it. I'll write whatever I want. I did. It all got approved. Everything got sent off to all, like, different people you know, who wouldn't be a fan of what I was doing, and but they couldn't do anything about it because everything I was saying was the truth. So it brought me a lot of closure in that way as well. So, yeah, that's kind of the only gratification I've got from it, even though people think, like, you make millions off a book or something, you make jack shit. What a stress involved, aren't they? A lot of I can't believe you wrote it yourself, you know. It's just I like, know. it's a massive... No, you can, because... When you read it, you can. When you actually read it, because it's like you're actually talking to you, not an actual, like, ghostwriter or anything like that. We were a real good ghostwriter, or you did write it yourself. Well, I had a ghostwriter. I had two ghostwriters who were both fabulous. Like, I can't sit here and say that there's... I can't say anything bad about their work. I've got to admit, I think I would be a very hard person to write about and try and second their voice so i had to do it because when i read it back i was just like this doesn't sound anything like me like it it was just it was great reading but i knew if i did it and anybody read that book they'd be like well this isn't helen she doesn't sound anything like this she doesn't talk like this where's the like witty side where's the one-liners where's the piss-taking side Where's all the swearing that everybody kind of knows me for? It that all kind of vanished. 
so what was um because i know fuck all right you know apart from that meeting you come and you were telling me the bits i, I knew nothing about you that's probably a good thing yeah probably but what were you like when you were little She's read the book, remember, I've not, so I'm kind of, and there's a lot of people who don't know, know about you, so. Yeah, well, the book, I've, I've got to stress, you don't have to know me to read the book, that's not me trying to, like, pitch a sale. <coughs> I'm saying it because a lot of people would find something in that book, I don't know whether you would agree, Chloe, but there's something in there that everybody could maybe relate to at some yeah. point, and that's why you don't really have to know me, um, because loads of people don't know me. I don't expect people to know me. Mm. Um, it is just a story about someone that was very fucked up and messed up in a lot of ways that turned like turned it around. What were you like when you were little? I was very troubled. I didn't see myself as having a childhood. Um, I didn't. I never felt like a child. Why? Because I didn't live in a home where kids were necessarily wanted or see like I don't know like just like comparing it to how I was how I am with my son like I talk to my son I don't, don't get me wrong I talk at him if he's pissing me off or he ignores what I've said or told him to do mm. but I talk to him like he's a human being and that's just something I never experienced as a child and that stuck with me and that's why when I did get older people didn't really understand why I was such a, well, I suppose I just came across like such a bitch and a cow like when I was on TV. But, because I massively just got on my defence all the time and I've always made a point of me being heard because I felt like for so many years I wasn't heard. Have you had counselling? I did at school, but... What sort of counselling did you? He was... Because you're, you're very self-aware. You know, to like come up with that, that you were like that, it's like somebody quite... It took quite a long with... time, which the book helped with a lot. The book was very difficult in some parts, and some parts I wanted to delete because I just thought, I don't know why I'm sitting here like saying these things like to anybody. Um, but it had to be said because it's messed me up in a lot of ways. There's stuff to do with my childhood that now will probably possibly still tar me for the rest of my life and can you talk about that i can talk about it yeah go on because i don't know like just being at the receiving end of a bully from like a dad like i don't even like saying the word dad i don't even call him a dad don't see him as a dad he was a bully um just being unhappy kind of something happened to me when I was really young and I never felt like I could tell my parents ever because they'd never believe me and what was worse was I actually don't think they would have give a shit because they brushed that much under the carpet with their own lives that I think they just, I don't know, it would have just been pointless. I felt like I would have got the blame. So what would have been the point in speaking about it? And stuff like that, I think, won't ever leave me. I think feeling frightened. All the time. 
Yeah. As a child. That's what I mean. Like, as a child, you shouldn't be scared, ever. And I only know now as an adult what it's like to have anxiety. And I spent the whole of my childhood anxious, petrified, worried what was going to happen, and just being generally very unhappy. Very unhappy, like... A girl came forward, actually, that went to my primary school and secondary school. <clears throat> Fucking hate that I'm crying like this. But this girl came forward and it actually, like, really touched her nerves. She said, Helen, I've read your book. And I cannot believe that looking back, she remembers me from primary school. And she said, your behaviour... And some of the things you said and did all make sense. What's she mean? Like, because of how I acted at school. Um, what were you acting at school like? I, I kind of lashed out a lot. Quite aggressive very, with people. and. I was very, I was just an emotional wreck. I was either very naughty, because I didn't give a shit about getting in trouble. Like, it never phased me to get in trouble. Because yeah. I get in trouble anyway. I got the blame for everything that went wrong in the house. So, getting in shit at school just didn't faze me whatsoever. Did you have anybody? Did you no. have any friends? Nothing? Were I you, had were you a good on your friend own? at primary school, yeah. I had a good friend at primary school, and I've got my best friend that I've had since. But obviously, you're not telling these what, what you what's going no. on, because it's like... Well, at primary school, my best friend then rang Childline, and I stupidly took the letter home that she brought in so Childline had written my friend a letter obviously talking like they're talking to a child telling her what to do and she brought me the letter into school and I took it home and my dad found it what did he do? leathered me just physically just kicked fuck out of you? Just, it was always like that it was always like that it was always it was like I don't know I don't know whether I can can I say this, but I felt like he got a pleasure, like some kind of a kick out of hurting me because he came from such an abusive background. Yeah. He was really, really badly abused as a child, physically. Um, like his parents had beat him a lot, especially his dad. He was mentally, meant like fucked because of his childhood. But instead of breaking that circle, he continued it with me, but didn't continue it with my brothers. Um, because his sisters were treated really well. Um, they were like put on a pedestal. They were kind of like treated very differently, not in an equal way whatsoever. And I feel like I was my dad's scapegoat when I came along. Every single day? More or less, yeah. What is, it, what is he doing now? I don't know. No idea. When did you sack him off and saying, when did you get out of that? Years ago. I sacked him off years ago. I was at, um, he came round to my house about 10 years ago, <coughs> if not longer. Longer. Um, about, tw- probably about 12 years ago. And um, he like came round with some weed, which to be honest, I wouldn't have minded. That's fine. But... He started talking to me about like all these problems. Bear in mind, I was only a teenager at this point. I think I, my son would have been about two. And he came around talking to me about all the problems he'd had with my mum and 
how she'd not been a deserving, like, sorry, a serving wife and how difficult the marriage had been. And I was sat there in my fucking house and I was like, and like, we both like smoked a, like a joint and that. And I was like, this is the fucking weirdest situation. And I'm like, I don't feel like I'm sat with, I don't even feel like I'm sat with someone I know, let alone my dad. And it was like he came to me for some kind of reassurance. And I was like, at this point, like 19 or whatever at the time, I just thought, I don't give a fucking shit what you're telling me. Like, I've got a kid. I've moved on. What was your mum like? Useless. Was she? My mum was just, like, just pointless. No, she see your dad doing all this, but she did fuck all. She did nothing, and that's why. And did really your dad difficult. used to beat her as well? No, no, he never. I, I don't know if he, he. I didn't ever see him physically touch her. No, but she would happily let me take the rap for shit that she knew I hadn't done, and that as a as a mum now, like I think I'd actually be in prison if someone did something like that to my kid. Um, I just I just can't comprehend why she ever allowed it. Um, but she did and she's very ill now she's dying and it's took a lot and it does take some some days when she's really difficult I do look at her and I just think fuck you like you're poorly you did nothing for me ever Mm. never once you were never a mum to me really can you you forgive her? I have forgiven her I have the odd like relapse when she's being really difficult, she's swearing and shouting at me and kicking off and nobody else in the family is doing anything. Like, they don't really support her except for my brother. Like, my brother has her every now and then. Hmm. Um, Can you forgive him? It's not really his fault. He's not... I feel sorry for him in a way because we've, we've spoke this year, finally, and he said, like, Helen, I want to sit down and talk to you. I'm fully aware of like what's gone because I don't understand how he talks to my dad. I went, how the fuck could you speak to him the way we lived? And he's like, I want to sit down and talk to you about everything, Helen. I've been dying to talk to you for years. And I was like, and he was like, it's just awkward. Because it's like, it's been and gone now. Mm-hmm. It has been and gone. Yeah, like I've obviously just got upset because it's shit that you don't really want to remember. You don't really want to remember feeling like you weren't, I don't know, that you weren't wanted. Mm. So, but does it bother me on a day-to-day basis? No, not at all. Because I'm in a much happier place now and I've learned from it. Like, I think if you can, if you go through something shitty, Mm. like, you learn to treasure things and that's exactly what I've done I'm not the best mum in the world like I mess up quite a lot I'd imagine and for obvious reasons I've messed up it's been all over newspapers Mm. how I've like brought shame on my child but you learn from stuff and despite like whatever I have done my child knows he's loved and my child talks to me and if he does have an issue, not that he ever does, because he's the most chilled person on earth, but if he does have an issue or something was bothering him, he knows he has a mum 
who he can tell anything to. I'd like to think he does anyway. And that's did you talk to him great. about the book coming out? Did what? Did you talk to him about yeah, you writing course, the book? Yeah. What did he? What did he Told say? Him everything like that was. I just said the stuff in there. I was honest. I said the stuff in there that I wouldn't want you to read. Not to do with the escorting or anything like that. Obviously, I don't want him to read that either. Yeah. But I said the stuff in there that he worries about me. Yeah. And I hate that. Like he does worry about me sometimes. Like if he goes out. As much as he's chilled, he is a really, really good, like, he's a good lad. Like, he'll go out with his mates on a weekend. Mm. And if I'm sat in till, like, whatever time, he'll, like, ring me up and say, shall I come home? And I'm like, no, it's fine. He's like, I know what, I feel bad on you when you're on your own. I'm like, big girl, it's fine, oh. chill out. That's any sub that How old is it? He's 16 in a couple of weeks. Do you mention his name through the no, book? I, I didn't think I so. No. No. I, I feel like if you talk about his name, and it's like, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. Like, I think even if I didn't have the colourful past, um, I don't think I'd even talk about my kid anyway. I don't understand why people talk mm-hmm. about the children. Yeah. Because you don't have a right. And they're going to be an adult one day. And what if they turn around and say, why the fuck were you talking about me so much? Why did you put my face all over Instagram? Let's say, because you, do, you don't have money, your Instagram or anything, no, does it? Yeah. kids on Instagram if you've, got, if you've got a massive following. No. And I especially think when you have a lot of shit from the public thrown your way, your <laughs> kids shouldn't be known. They shouldn't be seen. How old is he? 16 in a couple of weeks. How old? I was How 16. old? 16. But we are. Tell me about that. Is that just just to, I just have to I'm leave you in school? Such a fearless. I've got I've got to that point where like I was like such a fearless person. It just didn't phase me. Whereas if someone you left me, school at this point. No, no, I was at school. But if someone said to me now you're pregnant, I'd absolutely shit a brick. Like yeah. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to say. I'd be frightened to death. But when I found out I was pregnant when I was sixteen, I was just very. I wasn't living at home. Where were you living? living? On, I was on my own. I lived in a... I had my own council flat. I got a council flat. I got the keys to a council flat. Literally like a week before my 16th birthday. So just take me to that bit then. So obviously it's going, shit's going on with your mummy and dad. Did you run away, did you? Yeah, I ran away a lot. Um, used to run away all the time from home. And then I went staying with a friend from school and hid in her house for like two weeks. Where were you hiding? It was up in Lost Ark. Um, and I just hid in her house and wouldn't go to school. Where were you hiding? Just in her room. <laughs> Did her parents know? Her mum knew yeah. eventually. Her mum knew eventually, and then her mum let me stay for a week. She So she didn't know about me for about a week. Yeah. And then about a week later, she was like, you can stay here. And I was like, if you make me go back there, I'm just going to run away again. And then, so she let me stay so we had a fucking great week, me and her daughter, because she let her stay off school as well. So she was at work, so you can imagine like what kind of shit went down when you're a teenager and you've got a house to yourself. But um, anyway, she then reported me to sort of, didn't report me, but she told social services because she had to. She said like, I've got like a girl living with me and can you get the fuck out of my house basically? And what happens? What, what happens when social when services get... Uh, with a priest, sorry, not a priest, a vicar, and the lady was a head of a subject. And that was great. 
So you wrap this person's house, yeah. and they got say getting the count. What is it? The social. The social, and then. Who I'm still I'm like that with the social worker who removed me now. I'm still really close to her. So she's taking you from there and move you straight into. There's not there's not like a transition period where you're not no, like. No, was it an emergency sort of thing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like an emergency. They just moved me, and they were like, "We've got, we've got." Um, I was fuming. So can you imagine being told at fifteen that you're going staying with a vicar and the head of a subject? Bear in mind, I was like an absolute fucking tear away at this point at school. When I actually went into school, and um, they told me this, and I was like, "I'm not fucking going." And they're like, "Well, you are." I went, "Well, I'm not. I'll just run away from there as well." And then they took me there and I couldn't believe it. Like these two people were like, hi Ellen, here's your room. We're gonna take you to Ikea tomorrow and we're gonna get you some bits. I was like, fucking hell. Like, wow, two adults that actually ever like speak to you in like a nice way. Not bollocking you or being like arsy with you for no reason. And they were probably the first two adults along with maybe a couple of others around that period that started to give me a bit more faith in grown-ups. Did he try getting you into like Godden stuff? Pardon? Did he try getting you into Godden? No. They were brilliant. Well, they were too lenient, though, because I just took the piss. Yeah. They were just like, here's your key. I've never, had, I've never been given, given a key in my life. And they give me the key to the house. I'd started seeing who is my son's dad at the time. Hmm. So I'd get my uniform on, walk out, they'd, I'd be like walking down the road, bye. And then I'd watch them drive off the school, like wave at the bus stop and then I'd go back in and then tell him come round. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So how long did that go on for? What, what bit? That bit where you're staying at the vicar's house. Um, well, I was only meant to be there about six weeks. I think I was there a few, I was there a few months. And did your mum and dad try coming getting you at any oh, point they came and spoke to me the social services and they came to tell me it was like they were going to tell me they'd been a death or something and they were like i've got some news for you um they've been and spoken to your parents and they've signed you into care they're not willing to take you back and i went oh good and they were like i was like i don't want to go back I was like, that's good news. And that was it. I remember I was sat on the couch in the Boston people's house and they were sat there like, with this form saying like they'd signed this to say that they're not taking you back. And I went, that's fine. And then I just went in the kitchen. I walked off. Is this a, are you saying a fine as in just a face fine or like... No, no, I was like, no, no, I was fine. Were you? I didn't give a shit. I wasn't bothered. I was glad. I thought, this is great. I'm staying in this foster house. I barely go to school anymore. I spend most of the day shagging my boyfriend. And, but then I got pregnant, which obviously is a great thing because now I have my son. But um, that wasn't the plan at the time. Mm. Um, so what happened, tell me the pregnancy bit. So you got pregnant at 16, what are you thinking? Oh my God, bad times. No, I just, I actually just think I was like, I'm sure I had like a case of Asperger's or something at the time because I, there was just nothing. I was just like, oh, I'll deal with it. Like a bit of a narcissist. I was just like, yeah, it was fine. I was a bit like, sh- shit myself to begin with. And the doctor told me, they were like, I found out that you're pregnant. Because uh, I was there for something else. 
and they found out I was pregnant because of the test that came back didn't weigh up right um so just got on with it I felt like love straight away so no I suppose I wasn't emotionless I felt love and then my dad at the time found out are you thinking you've had nothing before and then all of a sudden this is yours I started visioning for the first time in my life some form of future like yeah it went a bit pear-shaped a few times but nothing's ever took no nothing has ever taken my child away no yeah. matter how shit's gone wrong no matter how things haven't gone to gone to plan yeah no one has ever taken what belonged to me and that's my son so yeah it was meant to happen i think i'd have been dead if i'd not had him really yeah i don't think i would have i'd have definitely not been something shit would have happened i would have been in a very bad place because just too much was going on um too much was going on in my head uh, i mean i don't think i don't i don't think things would have gone really wrong around being 16 but we all know what can happen when kids have gone through stuff as a young adult and then it kind of transpires then on to being like worse the things mm. a lot worse things that could have happened than me getting pregnant at 16. yeah things improved kind of um but my dad was like um which i have told my son this because it's in the book and stuff but my dad had the audacity to, to ring me who hadn't spoken to me for weeks and weeks and weeks uh, so your mother's told me the news um right well i've spoken to your grandparents and we've all agreed that if you have a termination we will tell the rest of the family it's a miscarriage i was like i was in a phone box like i went what are you on about i'm keeping the baby he was like well, we need to discuss it. I went, there's nothing to discuss. Fuck off. Like there's it's his choice. And I'm just like, what? There's nothing to do with you. My baby. Like, I don't live with you. I never am going to live with you. The baby's going to have nothing to do with you. So what's your fucking problem? You're bothered about your name. You're bothered about, oh, like people saying that, oh, his, his daughter's pregnant. So fucking what? I won't, I, I wasn't and I never will be the last 16-year-old to get up the duff at school. So what was the plan? Um, the loose plan the what? the loose kind of plan that you've had I just got a job started working in a golf club um, earning pittance like but what are you doing there? it didn't matter like I was a waitress so I had to like hide when you were at school before all this malarkey obviously you've got other things have you ever thought to yourself that there's something that you wanted to do? was there anything yeah that really? that why was that? Do you think? Do fucking, I don't even know my time's table. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love animals. Yeah. Absolutely adore animals. Um, feel very passionate about them. Get really emotional about. Because they don't let you down. They don't let you down, and I had a lot of. You can relate in a lot of ways. Children can relate to animals in a lot of ways. Troubled children, not even troubled children. Ch- children in general. Um don't seem to get as heard as much as what someone who's older does mm. and animals don't get heard their opinion means basically fuck all 
the joke, they can't voice an opinion. All they can do is scream if they're in pain and everyone ignores it. Do you know what I mean? So it does have, um, there was some, is there such word, relatability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to me being a young kid and crying out for help, not physically. Mm. Nobody and, aiding and, and animals needing help, yeah. yeah. Like, bit Deep of a waste, bit of Deep. a yeah. Yeah. Try that though, mate. That's it's fucking, true, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awful. It's an awful place to be. That it's like you know, worm. You ever had the dreams where you're like you're running, you can't get anywhere. Oh god! Yeah, like um, yeah, yeah. But the um, there is some kind of truth behind that where animals need help and want help and don't want to be in certain situations, get bullied, and no one gives a shit. And that's the same for a kid that gets abused. But obviously it's worse because the like, humans further up in the hierarchy. So, so you're at this golf club. You're earning yeah. absolutely pittance as a waitress. Yeah. What so happens? I was, I was working there and then I had my own flat um, and things started getting really abusive with my son's dad. Um, that's when From he, one into another? Huh? From your dad into this one? Yeah. The three men I've had in my life that were meant to be some like men that would protect me and like look after me were the only three men that I've ever physically and it's not even the physical side, it's the it's the psychological side of what done, yeah. That's the damage. Um So what was this lad doing? Just twatting me all the time, beating me up all the time. He lost his he lost his granddad, which he didn't take very well. And then my son, so sorry, um, I was about I was about seven and a half months pregnant, and he was in town, and I went into town to meet him. It was on a Saturday afternoon. Obviously, I wasn't drinking. He started being a gobshite. And we left this pub, and um, we were on, we made our way back to my flat. And on the way back, he started just saying horrific stuff to me. Well, say horrific, but I wasn't even taking it on. I was just like, whatever. He was just coming out with all sorts, getting really personal about um, my appearance, my childhood, how like my parents had never wanted me, blah blah blah. Just being a cunt and he then just lashed out, lost it and absolutely kicked the shit out of me. What? While I was pregnant. Was that on Halliwell Road? Yeah. Yeah, in your book you said, yeah. didn't someone step in or someone rang? She didn't step in, which at the time pissed me off when I found out she'd like seen it all. So it wasn't Halliwell Road. It he's, was... What, he's punching you? Yeah, he's punching me, boosting me, ripping my hair out. Through my through the house keys at my face, all while I'm holding his child. Um, yeah, it's nice. So um, when somebody sees it and doesn't really, they just kind of. She stayed in the couch. I totally understand why now. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, "Why did this woman yeah, not yeah. do anything?" But as I know that I'm. Older, yeah, yeah, you could you could have get smacked, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So she has seen it all, gone into the co-op the next day. And his mum was in the co-op, and she's gone up to her and said, "I think you want. I think you want to know what your son did to his girlfriend last night. His pregnant girlfriend." 
that's what she said. So she's like, said what? And he's told her, so she's rang me, crying her eyes out, screaming down the phone, what the fuck has he done to you? Like, where are you? And I just lied. I, I said that I was out somewhere. I wasn't, I was at home. Because all my face was like, all my nose was fucked. I had a black eye. Did you get the police involved? No, this went on for ages. Did it? Um, you just suffering in silence again? Yeah, it just became the norm. Just taking a slap here, there, and everywhere. Like, he'd come home drunk and I'd be on the receiving end of it. And, um, and then finally, my son was born. Um, and it got worse. The violence got worse after he was born. And then when he was about, I don't know, he was a few months old, and my friend was there with her daughter, who'd never seen anything like this in her life. She'd never experienced anything like this. Her child was a baby mm. as well, came from like a really calm background, so never experienced any of this. And he kicked the door off one weekend when I was in the house with her and her baby. And because of the noise, the baby woke up, her, her baby woke up. And um, I then went and got my son out of the court. And whilst I was like trying to like calm, like he wasn't at anywhere near as upset as my friend's child. And I was trying to like get him out of the house and he butted me whilst holding my son. And when we finally fucking got him out of the house, like the police came and whatever. Um, because my friend had rung the police and she like she said to me when she was leaving, um, if you ever speak to him again, or this, that and the other, like me and you were done. She was like, I'm actually gonna get him fucking killed for what he's done to my daughter. She was, she, like the baby nearly had a panic attack because of what she'd been around. But that's what kicked in for me was how my son just didn't really react. And I went and put him upstairs and he's caught when the police came to Like he's used to it. He was totally used to it. He was sat there, you know those things that go on the side of cots, yeah. like playthings. And I put him back in the cot and I just it just dawned on me, I thought, he's not phased by a single thing he's heard or seen. And he's just sat there like this on his cot. And that really like made me feel sh really shit as a person, as a mum. And that was it then. Um, that was the moment you that thought, I'm moment. getting out well, here. Well, also, the police um, then put an injunction on him and he got arrested 14 times after that because he wasn't allowed anywhere near me. And then he constantly just kept coming round. Like, every, it was nearly like every weekend, just booting the door off and then laying into me. Because I wasn't with him, it drove him insane that I wasn't with him. If I was going on a night out with girls, like, I was out in, um, the hell was it called now? Icon, Jacks, Jumping Jacks. And uh, I was talking to a lad from school. There was literally nothing in it, but even if there was, like, what the fuck did it have to do with it? And he just, like, walked over and just, like, bumps, like, smashed me inside of my face, like, headbutted me. And I actually, the, that was the first time ever that I retaliated. And I just would not stop. Like, I bottled him in his face. And I just couldn't, I, could, I wanted to kill him. I actually wanted to kill him. Why, why that point did you decide I, to retaliate? I think I felt safe. I thought, I'm literally out with about seven of, seven of my mates, right. loads of my lad mates. Like, he can't do fuck all because he'll get killed. Like, they're not, not going to stand there and let him do anything to me. He'd already done that. And um, everyone, like, all my mates, my mates hated him. 
they absolutely hated him. So he had about five girls on him just kicking the shit out of him. Like his face was just a fucking mess. Which he, when he got dragged down, I had one shoe on and he got put in the back of a police van. All his face covered, crying his eyes out. Look what you've done to me. And I panicked a bit because I thought, like, what are the police going to do here? Yeah. But the police knew. They knew from like... All the records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. reported him and stuff. Yeah. And I just threw my shoe at him. I went, you may as well have that. And I threw my shoe at him and laughed. That's closure. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Well, it wasn't because he continued to get arrested after that. Did he? Then... Um, I was going to take it further because it was just driving me insane, obviously. Like, I couldn't even move on. Like, Jesus, like, it became common knowledge that I, that Helen Wood had this guy that comes around her house and kicks, like, boots the door off every single... That sounds like fucking pun intended or something, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Smashes your back door. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's, yeah, and... I couldn't move on. Like, um, I couldn't have anyone. I could barely have, like, people around. It's only when I started, like, you know some of my lad friends. Like, yeah. I won't name his name and stuff. Yeah. But um, when he used to come around, then it was all it was all good. When him and his mates come around, because I thought, nothing's going to happen because he's got a ring off. Um, and then it started to fizzle off. Um, but his mum begged me not to press charges. She said, let him go in the army. And I was like, right, okay. So, I was, I how's that going to help him? I didn't press charges. Well, it didn't. It made him even worse. So, he went in the army. Now he knows how it used to go. Um, Great. He's not in the army now, though. But, he's got his own very, very big problems and demons to deal with. Mm. But I'm just, I've desensitised myself from it. I say I've desensitised myself from it, but then, you know, last year he didn't have anywhere to live at Christmas and I was going away and I just said, stay at mine, sort yourself out. Really? Yeah. Does your son see him? Not really, I don't really. Nah. Why did you make that decision? That just seems nuts. Because I've never... I'll be honest, the last couple of years, I've stopped lying to my son about him because there's only, there's only so much shit you can tell your child. Mm. Not not to mention the fact that my, my son is literally like fucking Poirot. Like, he can see through everything you're saying. Yeah. He's not daft. Mm. So you can't lie to a teenage kid anymore. Like, you have to draw a line. I believe you should protect a child, but it gets to a certain point where it's like, it's kind of insulting them now. He's sitting there saying, "Oh, your dad can't come this weekend because he's got this, that, and the other." And I did actually just turn around and say, "Well, it was very—it was two years ago." I'm finally letting back into his life. He'd not really seen him for about nine years properly, and I agreed to let him go for tea on a Friday after school. Mm. And this just—it just like any mum watching this will know exactly how how I felt, and. He was sat there with his bag packed on his bed, mm. like his little new trackie on and stuff like that, ready mm. to go, buzzing. And his dad, no, his phone went off, didn't turn up. Yeah. Now, luckily, I'd had a really good week at work, so I had extra money. 
and I wasn't working until the following Tuesday. So I, I told him the truth and I went in and I just, he went, he's not answering his phone, mum, it's off. I went, I'm going to be honest with you, your dad's a prick. No, I called him a wanker. I said, your dad's a wanker. And he just sat there and he was like, why is he not coming? I went, because he's a wanker. Did you tell him what he was doing to you? What do you mean? Oh, the beating you up and stuff oh, like no, that. Oh, no, he doesn't know that kind of stuff. He knows, I think... Would you not want him to know that? He knows, I, I said your dad was a really nasty person. Yeah. And he's been a nasty person to all of his girlfriends. And that's one of the reasons why I've never pushed for you to have a relationship. Mm. I've never turned around and said, you're not seeing your son and all this. Well, I have sometimes, because I've had very good reason to. But I'm not going into that. Um, but, yeah, I've said he's been very nasty. Um, and he's behaved towards women now he shouldn't have done. How does this affect your relationships with like men right now? What's happened to you? I'm literally, granted that I'm known as Britain's biggest whore, I'm like probably one of the most barren people going. Like I just don't entertain men really. Because of everything that's happened to you? I don't trust men as far as I could throw them. Like I don't um, trust my feelings with any man. Hmm. Um, Hence the title of the book. I've got like a couple of guys who I would turn to, to like, not turn to, turn to someone's fucking phrase. Like, if I wanted a booty call, obviously, mm. I'm not talking about that though. I'm talking about yeah, a deep, never, the relationship. No, I'm absolutely, I'm like the runaway date. Like that's what, like my best friend takes the piss out of me for it because I arrange to go on dates and then I don't go. Because I just find it so... I don't know kind of like I've almost like accepted that this is how I am and that's it like single that's life not your, that's not your fault though, is it? no it's not my fault well I don't know some of it's probably my fault like my choices of like what I used to do for a living and stuff like that doesn't really fill you with much confidence about men tell, tell me about that bit right how do you, how do you get into escorting What's the process that goes through? Look, I need some money. I just lost my job. And at the time, I was young. We're talking about the golf course job. Oh, shit. No, no. God, no. That was long gone. So this... I, I didn't start um, escorting until I was 22. 21, 22. Um, and I lost a job. I was I was working in an office. It was quite cringe, really. Bless me. Um, this was an office job that... I really felt kind of like I was going to go somewhere in it. I was looking back just a dog's body. But that didn't matter because I was actually getting quite a good wage at the time. good uh, The best wage I'd ever had. Um, and I was kind of appointed to this accountant and she made me feel important. And like that's like a good feeling when you've never really felt like that before. Yep. I'd worked in retail. I'd done loads of work in retail and shit. I was a terrible employee, at home hands up. I was like not a very good worker whatsoever. Um, but then I got this job that I actually started to take seriously. And then they made cutbacks. I got made redundant. And um, oh, it was just like, like I did blow it out of proportion. I was like, oh my God, like what am I going to do? Like I, I took a loan out the other week. I went to Spain the other week. I've, 
I've, you know, I've, I, I owe this much money. I, I owe catalogues money. I've got to pay for this for my son. And Do the victim. Yeah, I'd like... No, I didn't play the victim. This was all in my head. I've, like, sat at home thinking all this. Like, I've not been saying it to anybody. Hmm. And it just was just a really, really shit, panicky feeling. And then a couple of days went in and um, my friend at the time uh, rang me up and was like asking me just general questions like why am I not going out at the weekend I was like I can't go out like I'm fucking skinned I've just lost my job so she asked me about it and then um, as much as she's like a grade A prick um, it's not her fault that I ever started doing it but she said why don't you do what I've been doing um, so I said what she said been escorting Oh, well, what does that mean? Do you have to shag them or what do you have to do? What does that mean? Even a prostitute. Like but what you do, it's escorting, not going out for a drink and then... Yeah, you're still selling you... I don't know. You're still selling your vagina for... Coin. For money, yeah. Silver. Yeah, you still want money at the side of the bed. So you can call it whatever you want. Yeah. Prostitute, brass, escort, lady of the night, whatever. So were you thinking, oh yeah, I'll give it a go? Or are you thinking... Yeah, I thought I'll do it for a week. She went, if you do it for a couple of nights... How much is she selling you yearn? How much, do, how much do you earn? She didn't say anything about that. She didn't say anything about money. And spe- she didn't say specific numbers. She just said you pay... I I must admit, I owed about a grand out, that was it. So if I owed a grand out now, I'd be like, people need to chill out, I'll pay you, I'll chill out, like whatever. But at the time, a grand felt like a lot of money. So I thought, fuck it, I'll go and do that for a couple of nights or whatever a week so um so just take me down the process right of how you actually go, what do you do you put yourself on a website what do you do so you go so i went into this this um agency agency melissa jones she called us out oh, bloody posh i know yeah she's anything but posh she's like a fucking she's like bet lynch um <laughs> Yeah, she's a cunt as well. Um, she sold pictures of me when I was like at rock bottom when all the Rooney stuff come out. What? She then went and sold pictures of me off the off the website and told them information about me. You know, like, like talk about kick a, kick a man when they're down. Yeah. She then did that. Texted me to ask how I was and I was like, well, I actually hope I die, to be honest. And then a few days later, lo and behold, loads of pictures and information came out about the escorting world. It was only her that could have told her. But anyway, yeah. So you've um, gone in to sign up. Yeah. She's had a look at it and you think, yeah, Helen, you fit the mould. The escort mould. Yeah. Do you have to do any interview process? Yeah, a bit of an insert. I think she just wears up if you're on drugs and stuff like that, which I wasn't. Um, yeah, it was just kind of like making sure that you're kind of sane. No one's fucking kind of, no one's fully sane to do that job anyway. And then what happens? She takes some pictures of you? Or do you have to take the pictures yourself and upload them? I actually got a job there and then. A guy came into the apartment. It was an apartment with a bedroom. And a guy came in. Straight off? Straight in there? And you're just like... Are you nervous? No. I was a bit like... A bit, probably a bit apprehensive. I wouldn't say nervous. No, it was absolutely... I'll never forget how I was when I was walking down the stairs. Because it was like a downstairs apartment. I completely just turned into another person. What do you mean? Like, I put, I like, I put an accent on. Shut up. I did. 
Like what? Put an accent on, I was a different name, I was I lied about where I was from, I lied about having a child, I lied about my job. I said that I like I made up loads of shit. That's probably one of the best bits in your book, you know, when you go into how, how you did just become someone else every time you met a new guy. Do, what do you mean? Different do that. Lead down as, for it. You change Helen. your total character, you, yeah. be, you become Australian. As Helen. No, fuck off. What what have you become? I just put Who this, have you like, become? Like a posher accent on some weird reason like yeah I just put like I spoke a lot differently you've not planned this out you've just dis- you've no, just, just gone into just this mould I did it every time every time I was never Helen very very rarely who were you what were you called I'm not saying I've never told anyone what I was called oh come on no I always get, <laughs> I always get asked in interviews do you yeah but no I'm not going to say it. it wasn't anything like special I wouldn't call like fucking Diamond Chanel and all that shit. I that had like I had like do. quite a very innocent like name. Is there a reason you won't tell anyone just in case any of the guys no, 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 make no. connections or anything like that? No. no, no. I'm not asked like, but what what is the reason? Yeah. I don't. I just don't feel like. I feel like if I give the name out, then that that's me giving. That's me saying that was me. Um, I feel like if people don't know, that's the right. It makes sense that. Yeah. Bit like how I don't ever say my son's name. It's then there, isn't it? When yeah, you yeah. It. So I had different names. I thought fucking different names you could ever imagine. <laughs> Depending where I worked. And have stuff, you become like, a different person every time? Or have you got one character no, that you kind of? Oh yeah. It was always the same character. Well, depended on the person, obviously. Like if the person was, if you felt like the person was gonna try and intimidate the situation. I'd be super cocky and super, super confident, overconfident, to try and make them feel smaller. But they weren't. I didn't really... I can't, obviously, and I've said this a million times, I'm never going to sit here and say that the the job's advisable. But, um, you know, there were horrible things that happened. But I did say that, I've again said this in the book, like... The three men that were meant to have made me feel protected mm. and loved and whatever else never did. And I actually felt more affection and respect. It was respect. I had more respect from people that lined my pockets, men that lined my pockets, than I'd had from people that were meant to do that free of charge. They're meant to do it because they're meant to do it. So this place you went to was like a, it was flats, was it? This agency. It was like a really gorgeous apartment. Were it? Mm, yeah, it was nice. And you went in just thinking you were going to sign up, not knowing that you were going to. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've turned into Midnight Sienna, mm. let's call her, and you just became this other person. Yeah. And, and then I just carried on. At any point were you nervous? Were you thinking? No. Felt a bit like. I went, it was when I got home. So then when I snapped out of character again and I was driving home, I do remember driving home being like, and you had a driver and he was talking away to me and I was just like, I felt like saying, well, you just shut the fuck up. I don't want to talk to anybody. And I came in and I did like, I was like, I scrubbed myself and I was like, I did feel minging. I felt like disgusting, but... How addictive was it to into midnight, midnight Sienna? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like, it just... 
don't know, it gave me some kind of like release, I suppose, to reality because what I was doing wasn't realistic, really. I did, I was in a lot of, like, I was in a lot of scenarios that weren't realistic, weren't normal day-to-day things. Are people and coming, are people coming in asking for like weird stuff and different, yeah. what's it? Like, don't get me wrong, like I'd say a good seven out of ten of them want sex. Yeah. And had sex. But a hell of a lot of them, it's a shame. Um, they just want your companionship, a lot of them. A lot just have lost wives and can't move on. Yeah. A lot have not got any confidence whatsoever to go and sit and speak to a girl in the bar. So they just talk to you instead. There's loads of reasons why guys use escorts. Obviously, a lot of them use them because they like chagging. But a lot of them also use them because of personal reasons. Because men, a woman, when they feel shitty about something, usually goes and sits and talks to one of their friends. But if a man's feeling in a certain way, like they can't talk about whatever's going on at all, like, don't get me wrong, a lot of them were married, but I'm, I'll never condone cheating, obviously. I'm not going to say it's absolutely fine to cheat. But when a guy is telling you that his wife will not have sex with him, she's literally just all about the kids, and they don't sleep in the same bed anymore, but he doesn't want to leave home because he doesn't want to hurt his kids. Mm. So he uses an escort to sleep with because he needs that fix. I can get my head around that. If you're a wife, you should be having sex with your husband. Probably get egged in the street for saying that. Probably, but that's your opinion. <laughs> I think you're entitled to it, aren't you? But it's true. Like, what are you married for then? When so obviously you've got like a bit of a bad relationship with men. Do I have a bad relationship? I've got a lot of really, really good. No, no, no. Kids. Don't mean it on that. I mean, like on a a sort of like on a personal level. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't really. I've been, like, over the last few years... So, obviously, you've got these guys coming in with cheating on the wives. You've had abusive all the way from when you were little and stuff. And then, obviously, you're not going to trust men, are you? Because that's all your experiences have been. I don't trust anybody, to be honest. Nobody. my best friend. No, I think everyone... I think think people have all got... I think a lot of people have all got a hidden agenda. I think people have all got... I don't know. As I'm getting older, my circle is just doing this and this and this and this and this. And it gets less bothering because I just think I don't want, I don't want to be around it because you're not who I think you are. So, yeah, um, as much as it is called a man world, um, I think there's a lot equally, a lot of vile girls out there mm. that have got a hidden agenda and genuinely like being a twat for no reason to people because they get a kick out of it. So. You started doing that, right? How much money are you making? Um, enough. Come on, how much? Well, I was living comfortably. Have you ever said how much you make? No, the fuck. I'd like to know how much somebody makes. No, you make. You said in your book how much uh, Rooney paid you, didn't you? Yeah, he didn't pay me enough after all the trouble he fucking caused. Um, I know, yeah. I wish I'd added a few more notes on the end of that. Anyway, um, yeah, he didn't pay me enough, but in my head I was thinking, I'm going to tell him that she's a rat, and then hopefully he'll start seeing me on the side. So that's why I didn't really push for the... So what, what happens? What happened? What happened? 
with that. Yeah, tell me the story on that. So, so you, you're escorting, and then yeah. somebody says, look, I've got a client, and it's a bit hush-hush. No, 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 we met him just after our own accord. We were in a casino in Manchester, yep. where everyone used to go, and um, we just got talking to him. Oh, no, I met him in the living room. Um, On Dean's Gate. In there. Pardon? On Dean's Gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was rife for escorts. That's where all escorts go. Eh? you can pick up work. So. I'm learning a lot of stuff here, me. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's like, where? You know where to go. Uh, so you go in there, obviously, to pick up work. No, it was actually just a night out. Right. So we did just go there. No, no, we never really... We didn't really... I actually never really did that. I, I, I only worked a couple of days a week. If you're working for this woman, yeah. are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to freelance on no, the side? No, I just started... So at this point, really, um, I'd started seeing regular guys. They kind of became like a friend, sort of speak, but I just took the numbers off them behind her back and I was seeing them without her. I was cutting out the middleman. Very good, Ellen. Did she know that? Because that's in your book. Was she known that before you released the book? Yeah, she brought me in a couple of times and was like, do you think I'm stupid? And I was like, no, what? We fucking are. We've been doing it for ages. What did they? What did they take? Like yeah, the just give us a couple of numbers. I, mean. I can't even remember. I can't even fathom how much. take about. We're at a percentage, or we were, we're an actual. Were you graded on how good you were? And oh, well, this is like really, it's really cringe because I said this in the book, and you'll remember. It's they put me in well, not just me. There was like an elite section, and there was just like a normal section, and they put me in elite, and I don't know why because I Ellen. wasn't. No, because I wasn't like... Which was in the Premiership. Yeah, I was in the Premiership. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was because of my personality. Yeah. I did get guys coming back to us saying, how... Midnight Sienna. How fucking fantastic I am to speak to. Yeah. And um, that's kind of like, it's cringe though, isn't it? Come on, an elite brass. You could that though. <laughs> You're paying a little bit extra for that though, aren't you? Yeah, probably about 40 quid, something like that. Oh, she's not going to say any numbers, <laughs> no, is she? No. Like, they like they put it in the paper, they put 195 in the paper. Why the fuck would I say 195 pounds? <laughs> like, why, why, what's the five I'm missing for? Why don't we just round it up to 200, like, when they lied about it? So, um 200 quid? No, no, that's what I'm saying. The papers lied and said... I slept with a I slept with five hundred men for so basically when the Rooney thing came out and then I finally agreed to do an interview, they asked me how many men I'd slept with and I went, I have no idea. And they went, well, You must have an idea. I went, Not really, no. I said I don't sit there with a tally chart at the end of the like end of the month tallying everybody up. <laughs> I went, plus I, I did actually work like two days a week. You earn enough money to basically not really need to work. And Yes, you didn't. Some weeks you wouldn't even work at all if you didn't want to. Like, I go on holiday a lot. So, you're having a good life at this point? You're feeling good about yourself? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I was, um, I felt like I was in. The first point in your life where you thought, you know what, I'm in control of my own destiny and shit. I was, I was like in control of everything. But looking back, it was a bit of an erratic life because when I was out and stuff like that, it was just like. Thank God there was no camera phones then. Yeah. So, yeah. But I don't regret any of that because... Are you just getting off your off, off your back every weekend? 
Yeah, not every weekend, but you do spend a long time kind of... Say I'd never ever... I wouldn't even drink when I was with clients. Never. You'd have like the... If you got to know someone, you might have a glass of wine if you've seen them open the bottle. Stuff like that, but no. Because that's obviously when you come instantly vulnerable. Even more vulnerable, don't you? But um, going back to what you said, um, I met him, whatever happened, like I met him that night. We didn't have the, we didn't sleep with each other straight away. We slept with each other a few days after. And then the story didn't actually unfold until a year later. But she'd been trying to push it. So I'd met, I met someone not that long after I slept with Wayne. This was my long-term boyfriend that I had. So I obviously didn't How did the conversation go? Are you kind of, is he asking you what you do? And you're yeah, saying... Yeah, I just told him and he was like, he, he said he preferred that anyway. Right. It's because obviously you think it's a bit more kosher, don't you? Because someone's doing it for a living. Yeah. It's not a girl that's going to want to fall in love with you and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. naturally, escorts are quite hard-faced and cold. So they don't really show much emotion. So it is, that's why a lot of guys choose them. Some, more, a lot of guys choose them for that because they know that the girls are just there for the money they know they don't really give a shit about them it's a bit different when they're a footballer obviously I know that um, but yeah then it came out about a year late it was a year it was exactly a year later that what happened I didn't fucked, you say something about knocking on your door or something? is that how your book starts yeah, knocking on someone knock- yeah. yeah I fucked her off the girl that I had the threesome with because when I left the room that day when it happened with him, I said to her in the lift, this can't get out. Like, if this gets out, like, it'll finish me. I've got a kid. No one can find out, like, what I do. She was like, babe, don't I could just tell. I just, it was weird, that feeling, you know, yeah. when you instantly know that your relationship changed with that person. I thought, in my head, I thought, you're a rat, and you're going to do something. I know, like, and I felt sick. So we're in the, this is all in the lift. This has all happened. This whole change of me changing my mind. And she's like this on her phone going, babe, don't worry about it. And I just thought, Shit. that's exactly what I am doing. I am very worried about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, then it came out. She sold it. She, kept, she tried selling it a couple of times and it didn't go through. And then um, the... She showed them pictures of me. Well, she sold my. She gave her version of events, and then a lady that I actually got really friendly with, a journalist, um, badgered her for my name and waved like an extra 10 grand, I think it was, 10, 15 grand in front of her. And she showed her my face on Facebook and gave her my address and everything. So she could have actually just kept it to herself, but she chose not to. But a lot of people blamed you for coming out, like for it coming out, didn't they? Didn't they? Everyone did, and that was the worst thing. It wasn't the prostitute thing. It was um, why did you tell anyone? Why did you tell the papers? You didn't need to tell the papers. And I was like, I didn't tell the papers. I didn't. Tell. I spent fucking months just saying that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Months. That's all why did she get you involved? What was the reason for her? She's a horrible, horrible cunt. More money. She's horrible. Like she, because of the extra money. She's no feelings, no regard for anybody. And did no this? Regard. Did her name? Ca- her name came out in her, it all. Her name came out, and then 
then. See, nobody remembers it though. Everyone remembers you. Mm. It's sink it. Since though, but it's killed her. It's weird how it's turned out because she was the most well-known one for doing it. And then obviously I've done things after that and she's tried so hard. Like every time I've been mm. on TV, she's ringing up the day after saying, I want to come on and speak about Helen. And they're just like, see ya. How bad did the Wayne Rooney episode get for you? It was horrific. The what, worst just, give me, just give me a couple of examples. So. I just actually wanted to die. I didn't want to be here. I did not see light at the end of the tunnel whatsoever. I couldn't see a way forward out of that mess. Were you considering ending it at yeah. points? It was fucking awful. I couldn't leave the room. I couldn't leave my friend's room for like five days. I was in his spare room for about five days. And I literally had... I was sick. I was just spewing up bile all the time. I had fucking horrendous diarrhoea just through anxiety. I was ill, lost so much weight. Um, it was awful. It I can't even remember it, mate. Fucking cruel that someone looking at it from an out outside perspective. I just do not know how anyone could do that. It's one of the first. How long was it in the papers for? Oh, fucking all the time. For it. In the papers. Fucking hell, I went to Ibiza last week and they dragged me up. I can't even go to. I was at, I was literally in, on a beach in the middle of nowhere, and somehow they found out I was there. And taking loads of pictures of me, I'll hook her all over the papers. They don't, they're never going to leave it alone. How do you deal with it now? Oh, it doesn't even faze me anymore. Is it not? No. Don't even think about it. When people say stuff to me about it, they're like, I'm just like, I'm very switched off with it. I've just totally desensitised myself. To, be, to begin with, um, I felt like I had to explain myself a lot. And I had genuine guilt for, you know, a woman whose house, like, family was at stake. I genuinely did feel very sorry for her. And then, as the years went on, I started to feel a bit more sorry for myself. Because I thought, fuck this. Yeah. I've not done anything. Yeah, I slept with a married man, but all these women that said things, I just think, you're hypocrites. If you got the chance to sleep with somebody, you know, it happens all the time with... Um, like what's he called now the bot bloody UFC fight so it does me head in every Conor time McGregor. He, Conor McGregor every time he's in the paper for something or he's being accused of shagging someone girls underneath like attacking him and saying stuff to his wife and I just think a massive chunk of you are absolute hypocrites because if you could fuck him and get away with it you would and you'd possibly sell a story because you'd think money but when they're looking at it from the outside, not all women would. A lot of women are genuinely disgusted that women do that. I'm disgusted. This is what was annoying and so frustrating when people were like, why did you even say anything? Why did you tell the papers? Could you not have just kept it a secret? And it was like, I'm fucking exhausted explaining over and over again that I never, ever meant for it to get out. Ever. I didn't want anyone to know about me, never mind fucking him. So, yeah, that's how I dealt with it. I became selfish. I became, like, really hard-faced about the whole thing. And I started kind of, like, being like, fuck his family. Like, I agreed to lie about the whole thing. I said I'd stand up in court and lie. And as soon as 
the book was tossed at him and the judge said, you're not having an injunction, your name's coming out. I didn't hear from him. Even though I'd said, I'll lie to your wife, I'll lie in court. He just, that was it then, because the judge didn't kind of, the court didn't go in his favour. Um, it all turned against me again. So. What happened then? Well, that's when it came out. That's when I got informed and they said, we've tried, because I'd gone to his legal team and they thought I wanted money. And I was like, I don't want money. I want just an injunction. That's it. And they were like, well, we don't know how it's going to go in court and all this shit. And then obviously he wasn't granted the injunction, so my name came out as well. And that's just how the cookie crumbles. Even though I'd never done anything like wrong like that before, because I didn't have the money to stop it from coming out. I had no choice. Even though, subsequently, it wasn't actually me that had done something wrong. I wasn't married. Nuts, aren't it? It is nuts, but it's just the way it is. So, that happens, and obviously, you're thinking, right, fuck this shit, I'm getting, getting mine now. Yeah, which... My, cat, my friend at the time was like... He just laid it on how it was I'd been you've got to get selfish at this point haven't you I'd been in his in his bedroom for days like some fucking weirdo and then he just came in the room and said you need to sort your shit out because it's not just about you he went no one's going to employ you he went so you need to get some money out of it and he was like it's all very well. I said I'm not selling a story I'm not being a known as a kiss and tell and he was like, who gives a fuck what people think of you? He went, everyone knows what you did anyway. So that's when... Um, it makes sense. Well, I would lost loads of money. Every day I didn't talk, and every time a new story came out, I lost like a hell of a lot of money. I was losing thousands every day that I didn't speak, so then I agreed to speak, and then it came out the following Sunday. I, I agreed to speak on the Friday evening, went to London on the Saturday with the press and then the paper came out on Sunday. Did it get worse after that? They, just, you just, they just screwed me over because they'd asked me how many men I'd slept with, like going back to what I'd said. <clears throat> and I wasn't media savvy at all. I had no idea about like how journalism worked or anything. And I was in, I was a mess as well, like I wasn't, my head wasn't in the right place. And they'd said, well, have you slept between like, have you slept with like between 50 and 500 and I went well yeah and that's what they put, they put right. I slept with 500 men that was the front cover so there's me thinking my side of the story was coming out yeah. and I was in my hotel room and the, my, the paper was outside my bedroom door and I went out to that and the journalist was like are you coming down to breakfast could I stay and I was like no like, you've, you've literally just done even worse than what she's done. You twisted everything I said. So, yeah. So then, yeah, that got worse because then obviously people knew I'd made money off the back of it. And then there was the horrible titles out there. There was all these horrible headlines saying I'd been doing, <clears throat> I'd been selling myself for drugs and all this crap. There was loads of shit flying around. Anything the journalists could make up, they made up. Like the truth wasn't bad enough. What happens if you take your game, name into Google now? What would come up? Um, it comes up TV personality, but then 
think like a link underneath says like former prostitute. So from the Wayne Rooney thing, you get a phone call saying, come on, big brother. Well, no, that was years after. Were it? It was a good few years after. What did you do after the the Wayne Rooney incident? How did you try and get did your you life back on track? I got a big brother. Well, they asked me to come on the celebrity big brother, which I was really hesitant about. I was like, I don't think it's a good idea that I go and portray myself to be a celeb when I'm not at all. Um, and then I got beaten up. I got jumped in fannies. What? I got jumped in fannies. Um, and that stopped me from going on because... That restaurant there? Yeah. That posh one? Posh. Well... It's supposed to be we're all oh, is it? We're all weekend millionaires. Yeah. What do you mean much. you got jumped? Um, a bunch of girls were in there and they were chanting stuff at me. I was only there with one of my mates. So I said, I'm getting off me. I went to go and pay the bill. And um, my friend, who is no longer my friend, um, turned around and was like, shut the fuck up. Started ballooning at the mall. Like there's like nine girls sat there and she turned around. Can't fight away with a paper bag. And um, one of them's jumped up and smacked her. So I've smacked the girl that's hit her, and then everyone just jumps on me. And rearranged my face and fractured my rib, and yeah, I was fucked. And then I couldn't go on, I couldn't go on Big Brother. I believe everything happens for a reason, though. Like, I don't think I should have gone on that one anyway. What, was, what are people's problems with you? <clears throat> I think people couldn't stand how. I'd locked myself away for so long and then all of a sudden I stopped doing and I started going out and I started kind of telling everyone to fuck off about the whole thing. Are you aware of like people just kind of, you're in a pub, you're drinking and just people just staring at you going, oh that's... Yeah, people stare stuff. Like in Bolton, Bolton's the worst place for it. Bolton, I am the most most unliked in Bolton. I I don't mean the most unliked person, although I probably am by a lot of people. But Bolton would be the place that I would feel most unsafe, where I'd feel like a fight would break out, definitely. People just wanting to beat you up? Not necessarily, like, be violent, but they like just to, like, say stuff. They know I'm gobby, so they like to provoke a reaction. They like to say stuff to get a reaction. Um, so you've gone... You've got beaten up. You can't get in Big Brother. They're just a normal Big Brother. No, Celebrity, celebrity that's brother. what I'm saying. Like, right. I don't think I should have been asked to go on that anyway. And then what happened after that? Um, after that, it just went really quiet. Um, kind of, I had a boyfriend at the time, so I, I just kind of lived this quiet-ish life. And then things started going completely tits up with him. Well, I say quietish life, but me and him were like volatile. We were like one minute super, super happy, like perfect couple, like sex is on fire, couldn't go wrong. It was like the perfect relationship, but then literally it'd take, it just switched like that and then it'd be awful. So that's the kind of relationship I was in. That's, that's the longest relationship I was ever in. So I wasn't really ever properly with this one staff. But um, yeah, I was just in that relationship with him for years, which was just 
fucking not even it doesn't even seem real that I've ever even been with somebody like that because of like the stuff it entailed just being with him like he was on the run and he what he was on the run and I was like going visiting him like on the run and stuff like that he was in and out of jail and obviously I've I kind of normalized all that it was just acceptable because he'd shown me there, even though he didn't show me respect, that's rubbish. But because I had had like a good experience with this person, I accepted the shit of things as being normal and just went along with it really. And then I finally found out he was cheating on me. It was like I saw it with my own eyes, which I just needed. I knew he was shagging people behind my back. But I needed to see it for myself. Not physically see him shagging someone. But I needed to see it for myself for me to believe it. And then, anyway, I got proof that he was doing it. How did you get proof? Um. Well, one of his friends told me that he was shagging somebody. And because he said that, I think you should know because I think you deserve better. Don't say anything. Can't be asked for the trouble. And I was like, and I didn't even, I, I took on what he was saying, but I still didn't wants to believe it, I wanted to see it from my own eyes. And then I'd gone visiting him, um, he was living in Cyprus at the minute, at that time, sorry. And um, we'd just finished having sex actually, how romantic, and I rolled over and there was some lashes stuck to the bedroom floor, some lashes that looked like they'd had a fucking tarmac go over them. And I was like, what are them? And he was like, well, it must be yours. I went, when the hell have you ever seen me getting about with eyelashes like that? So that's how I found out that. And then everything just kind of like fizzled and came to a head. Um, but then he got extradited back to the country. And he was like, oh, we're going to be, we can finally be together. And I was just sat there like, what is this fucking man on at all and all along my best friend had applied for big brother for me and i was like i'm not going on big brother and she was like why not and she sent in a video of me i just didn't take her on my head was so battered with what was going on in what my were you doing for work at this time working in an office um yeah i was just doing admin in an office and then um so I went on Big Brother. Well, it was actually quite good. This was my kind of way of getting revenge. Just the normal Big Brother. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I was going on a night out in London with some friends. He was in jail at this point up here, and um, the Big Brother producers or researchers, whatever you call them, had seen that I was on a night out in London, and they were like, oh, "Helen, we've seen that you're in London. Can we meet up with you?" And I was like. I was like fucking half caught at this point. And I was like, well, I'm a bit pissed. And I was like, it's fine. So anyway, we ended up just getting wrecked, me and the two researchers, which was brilliant. And then went for the interview and whatever else. It was like quite a lengthy process. And uh, and then they asked me to come on. And um, I never told them that I'd had a boyfriend. I didn't tell them anything. I said I'd been single for like three years, that there'd been no men on the scene. And then, um, but at the same time, this was me getting my own back on him. 
I was like telling him that I would be with him when I get out and stuff. So this thing that happened, and you've been in the newspaper and mm. everything, and you're just going in the... That north. was ages before. Yeah, I, I know, but you're going into Big Brother with mm. all the people knowing that this has gone on yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone knew that. Um, Obviously, it's good publicity for them. Did yeah. they did they use that, that Helen Wood, this has happened, is going into Big Brother? Yeah, of course they did. Rooney Girl, it's all like Rooney Girl goes into BB and... Yeah, like, yeah, I was in the bloody newspaper before I'd even stepped foot through the house. It stepped, like, into the house. Because they knew I was going in. They'd heard that I was going in. I was in hiding, so I didn't see anything. You're not allowed to do anything. And I was, like, out with the chaperone one day. And I tried running in the newsagents because I'd heard her getting a call. And I knew it was something on the lines of Helen's all over the papers. So I like ran into the news agents and she bollocked me. She was like, Helen, you're not to do that. You'll get me sacked. You're not to see the newspapers. I was like, I just want to see what everyone's saying. And she was like, no, you don't. Because um, they were like, obviously, being pretty brutal about me going in and rubbing well, the... How, where was your head at when this happened? Obviously, they're drudging all this shit up again. Where, where's your head I've at? I've never felt so content and relaxed in my life than that week. Really? When I went into hiding I had no phone, I wasn't allowed a TV on, nothing and I literally stayed in a cottage for a week in Surrey in the middle of nowhere. Is it all the contestants like that? Yeah. To my knowledge anyway, yeah. But um, yeah, I went into this house and she was amazing. She was great at the chaperone. Absolutely loved her. She'd never met anyone like me in her life. So I'd never met anyone like her because she was really posh and like lived this perfect, innocent life. And then she got shacked with me for a week. <laughs> <laughs> so you could tell she was like, fucking hell. Fucking hell. <laughs> Who have I got you? But we still speak. So um, you're in there. Mm-hmm. Did you win it? Yeah, somehow. It was a fix, obviously. That's all I ever get accused of, still. All oh, right. People were saying that, but yeah. did you? It must be like some satisfaction knowing that people really liked you for being you. Yeah, I think um, it's a breath of fresh air that like. Did you know that? You what? just think everybody hated you. I actually thought I needed a bulletproof vest. There was like, um, I've got all the newspaper clippings at home, and one of the newspaper clippings says Helen fears for her life and asks for a bulletproof vest in diary room. So I got in the diary room, and they were like, "How are you feeling about leaving Helen?" I went, fucking shit myself. I went, I actually feel like I need a bulletproof vest. I'm going to be that hated. And they were like, obviously they don't give you anything. They don't tell you a thing. So I was like, because I knew I'd had the most arguments with everyone. And I'd been, I'd just been myself. And I'd called people out. I'd been vile towards people. I swore a lot, shouted a lot. Um, but Did then, you watch it? Were they in it? We're in 2015. I'm 14. I'm 14. I went on twice. Did you? No, I didn't watch them. I was never into Big Brother. No, I weren't. So when people <laughs> say sorry, I didn't watch it. I'm like, it's all right. I didn't fucking watch it myself. But, um, yeah. So you won and you come out and is everybody cheering for you? Is everyone booing for you? Kind of. They were like, like a mixture. But when my best friend went down there, with a banner saying Helen to win. Um, actually, it was one of my clients that told me this. 
as well as my best friend. One of my clients who was like a fan of me in there, I hate saying fan, but she liked me. So she'd gone down to the studio with a banner and they were removing everyone that had banners saying my name on it. Taking them off them. Why? I don't know. Because it just couldn't be seen. I don't know. They didn't want to... I don't know. It was just weird. Michelle, my best friend, like went mad at them. She was like, you're not taking my fucking banner. Like, she's my best friend. Just fuck off. But no, they took off the audience. You, you thinking back now, there was nothing in the audience with my name on it. How much do you, how much you win doing Big Brother? Grand. I didn't realise it was that much. I think it was, yeah. And then, what happens after that? Was people wanting you to do photo shoots? I didn't and... do anything. I went straight back to Bolton. Did you? Yeah, I just turned off. Switched off. I just wanted to get back to my... I wanted to get back to my son. Um, my house that I'd let a girl stay in because she was having trouble at home. She trashed my house. Ruined all my new carpets. She put a cat in the house and it pissed all over my carpets. Trashed the place. She'd had parties in there. Spunk all over my bed. It was just disgusting. Couldn't live in it. I cried. I got in the house. Bear in mind, I've not seen it for about three and a half months. And I got in the house and the house was just like... And Michelle went, just come and live with us. So I went and stayed with Michelle for about three months whilst I sorted my house out. Are you getting offers at this point, doing magazines and stuff like that? Not really, no. Didn't even really get an agent or anything for ages. Just couldn't... I'm a major procrastinator and I'm a major, like... If... if I'm not a Hornberg because I don't... I'm not asked about Bolton. I love being away from Bolton. Mm. But I crave certain people. Like, if I'm away from my best friend for a long time, like, I just wanted to be around her. I wanted to be around her, I wanted to be around my son, and I wanted to be around my dog. Just simplicity, that's all I wanted. I'd been around fake fucks for months, and I found it very difficult to be around. And I did do the odd shoot and stuff like that. A lot of people didn't want to work with me. They just found me unbearable. Because they couldn't mould me. They couldn't train me into saying things. Like when I finally did get an agent, she, I remember one of the first things she said to me, Helen, if you just tone it down a bit on Twitter, and if you don't, don't swear as much, and if you don't, you know, I, I know you've got to give an opinion, but you know, some things are better off just not said. You need to, that's what she said. She said, you need to clean your Twitter up. I was like, and she said, and you could be like the next Vicky Patterson. Well, of Geordie Shaw. I'm not being funny, but I have said this in an interview before because that's who she compared me to. Absolutely nothing against Vicky Patterson. Good for her for doing what she's done. She's absolutely smashed the shit out of the fame life and, you know, she's 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 got big and all that, but... Why on earth would I pride myself on a house in Newcastle where girls just got bummed out and pissed? Why are, they, why are they any better to, than what I am? I, I kind of see it that they were worse, really. Yeah, I've done things that I shouldn't have done. I you get paid for whatever. And, um, but I thought, so is that is that what it comes to now? I have to rein my opinions in. I have to be fake to get famous. And that's what you're told a lot. 
like one of the producers from Big Brother, who I absolutely love, he has no dealings whatsoever, whatsoever with housemates outside the house. But he um, he did actually meet up with me, and he said, I want to work with you. I want to do something with you, but I have no fucking idea what to do with you because you're so risky to work with. He went, you're not risky for me. He went, but trying to sit and talk to people and get people to meet you, he said, all they have to do is watch a clip of you, and they go, no. That's not true. That's not true. I when when did you come in? That's what I. What was what was the last people. meeting? What was the meeting that you came in? What do you mean? How long ago was it? With you. Yeah. Earlier year, wasn't it? Yeah. But it. I've been I've been watching you since then. I think I have. Um, and you've 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 got the Hellwood brand, but you've just not capitalised on it yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I would never ever tell you to calm anything down. You just need to be yourself. No, I but I don't agree people would switch off. Me. I don't um I don't think I have said that like how I was on Big Brother, I do have I must admit in the last year or so, I probably have tamed things down a tiny bit. I'm very aware that my son's friends are on social media as well. Mm. So sometimes I have to remember like what I am saying. If I I can't always go on a massive rant and start saying all in it all these swear words and stuff. Because I do have to bear in mind that there's people watching that might be relaying this back to him, even though you know he knows that side of me. He's seen that side of me. He didn't see me on Big Brother, but he's not daft. Um, but no, I think I have chilled out a bit more on... Um, just because, like what I was saying about what this producer said, he said people get you so mixed up. They say you're aggressive. And they say that you're kind of like unapproachable. What they don't see is that you're absolutely, completely the opposite. And I am, like, I'm not. Like, people could sit there and say anything to me. They could say the most nastiest, vilest things towards me and I wouldn't even flinch. So that's not an aggressive person. An aggressive person would be aggressive back to people that are being nasty to me. Um, I'd say I'm very resilient what what do you want for your future? Have you thought about it? Um, I'd love to help people. Um, I'd love to help people that don't feel like they have any self-worth. I'd like to help people that, especially girls, who think it's okay to put up with just absolute dregs that drag them down and see them as a... But why don't, why don't you do that then? That's what I want to do. That's why I want to do a podcast because. I well, want you, you to can be doing that through your Instagram now. You can be setting up a, a YouTube channel, can't you? And under the Helenwood brand, and then telling. Do anything like that. Well, there's a girl there that knows how to do all of it because I taught her everything. Um, I think you I should definitely come in for another meeting off the podcast and we talk about how to help you out, dude. Yeah. And there's no ulterior motives to fuck all. I think if you, I think you. You could help a lot of people out, no, mate, no. and I think you know I talk to YouTube's a, lot of a big YouTube's a big thing, but you need to do yeah. it. You need to know how to do it proper. I'd love and to do plan a question it. thing, like yeah. when people write to me yeah. on Instagram, I get so, especially women, but I do mm. get a lot of men as well, um, who write to me and they tell me about situations they're in, and I could sit and talk to them all night, mm. like messaging them, like, and if I get a message back saying. I feel so much better after telling you because when you tell someone out the loop I totally understand why people would come and tell me because I'm not like 
Mm. I'm not family. I don't love them. Mm. Um, obviously, I care for people's well-beings and stuff like that. But when you tell someone out the loop, it's weird how honest people are as opposed to sitting down telling the family member something's going on. And I want to use that. I want to utilise it because it is a massive positive. It's something like, yeah, lots of stuff has gone wrong. But on the flip side... I get a lot of people kind of trusting me, you know, and, and opening up to me and stuff like that. Do I want to do something about that? Yeah, I do. Do I want to do it on a bigger scale? Of course I do. I'd love to do that. Then that's what you do, Helen. I will do it. And it's fucking, it's easier than the actual thing. I know. Mate. You just got them. the technical side of me. I'm just not got a fucking clue. I know, but that's why I'm going to get Chloe to help you on that technical side and we'll sure. put a bit of a brand strategy together for you, mate. Um, but it, it's go, it's going to be hard work because we need to make sure that your energy is not being take, taken up left, right and centre. You need to go on the right podcasts that fit the Helenwood brand. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know who the Helenwood brand is yet because as a person, since last time I talked to you, you you've grown as a person since last time I talked to you. Mm. You've got a lot of m- more emotional intelligence about you. I uh, thought it was like last time. I didn't meet you properly last time, so I can't comment. <laughs> um, to be honest, you, 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 I could see you a bit more anger in you, to be honest. I was what? A bit more anger inside you since when I last... period that week. Maybe. I think maybe <laughs> writing the book as well, you've been able to put it all into words, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, the book's been a big like, um, release of negative yeah. energy for me. But there's loads, of, there's loads of people suffering out there, mate. And mm-hmm. I think, the, the, you know what I mean, to have somebody like you there's no filter that can actually help them like, out. I do, I can't sit here and say... But what you need like, to do is you need to monetize it mm-hmm. and you need to know where the money's going to be coming from. If you're going to be doing this, how are you going to get paid? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going on people's podcasts now, what do we do, right? When we finish this now, where do I send people? What do I take and follow Helen on there while she and she's drinking with her mates on holiday and stuff? I want to send people and say, look, go and follow Helen if you want advice and stuff like that. That's where to go. And then you send them to the website to buy your book or download your podcast. We need that that's strategy in yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Like just chats, like just sitting mm. there talking. Lo- I love just sitting talking to people. Like, or talking... For- you know, if someone sent me a message on Instagram, Instagram's a massive thing, yeah. and emails as well. Um, I do retaliate to it on Instagram, and I do yeah. sit and talk about it. Yeah. Um, because it's amazing. Um, one of the really lovely things that I am grateful for about the book is people that have been so honest mm. and wrote to me and said, I couldn't fucking stand you because of what I'd read in a paper. And I got you all wrong. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't have to apologise. It's papers. I believe shit that I've read. Mm. It's just life. Yeah. Um, but then they've also gone on to say, it's actually strange how much we have in common. Because lots of people have got lots in common with me in the book. Yeah. Um, that hopefully, like, I'm talking to a girl at the moment. She went through similar things when she was young. That she now knows has had an effect on her marriage and she's going and get counselling for it. Yeah. I said, go and get help. I said, you've got you've got a husband there who clearly mm. wants to do something, but, you know, he's not a doctor. He can't help you in that way. And it's hard when someone loves you. You can't always talk to them. It's easier to go. It's not easier physically, but once you're there and you sit and talk to somebody, then it is. Or, or you do what I did and write a book. 
So, yeah, I'd love to. I think anyone who has come out the other side of something should always give back. I'm not saying I don't have down days. I do. Jesus' days were like, I literally don't want to get out of bed. If work's quiet, like during my eyebrows and things like that, I've, it's, it's awful. Like the, the pressure of thinking like, shit, I've got nowhere near as much money coming in this month as I did last month. And I think that's where people with a big following are really fucking up. Because it's like, it's all very well and good. You sat there talking about how like, living my best life. Why don't you fucking, why don't you actually try and like, sink in with people who don't really have much and know they don't have much and watch you every day because they're envious. Maybe make them feel a bit better by saying, do you know what, it don't matter how much money you've got in the bank, we all feel like shit sometimes. And we all feel like, some of us all do feel like ending it sometimes. Some of us can't even like make a brew some days. Some of us don't want to go to work some days. Some of us can't interact with other humans some days because it's too difficult to do. And I do think it's getting worse and worse because of the day and age we live in. Social media, as yeah. much as I'd be fucked without it, work-wise, social media has had a massive, massive impact on what people are like now and, and the feelings and emotions. We all do it. Like, I'm feeling shit. Last place I should be visiting is Instagram because as much as I like to see myself as not naive and believe in bollocks that I see on there, all these like perfect pictures people try and portray, I just think everyone's got something going on, mm. everyone. But when you're anxious and you're kind of hitting, you're feeling like you're going on a downward spiral, you don't always have that mentality to think that everyone's, got, everyone's going through something. You feel like it's just you and that's it. And I think that's what people with a big following should be talking about rather than trying to like just make money constantly. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's like there's two forms of it. It's like somebody trying to get attention and then somebody trying to do it to up so people pay attention. And I think these people who try to get attention are like a little kid kind of, I want the likes, I want the likes where I put stuff out that I want people to pay attention to. And I think that's it. it's a different way of doing it. Yeah. And that's what I want you to do. So people pay attention, then ask you the questions and stuff. But yeah. you just you need a planning place, mate, or else yeah. it's going to overwhelm you. It's just like you're going to set up this podcast now with who is it? Set up. Yeah. Oh, Manchester Evening News. Right. And is that the right decision for you for the Helmwood brand? And what are I'd you like getting to think from so it? Because of the platform, because of obviously the amount of following that they have, but at the same time, I don't know. I just think I probably would be better off doing it on my own. But then I need to get sponsorships in and stuff like that. So that's why you need a plan mm-hmm. and make the right decision for you, mate. And because like everyone else is going to let you down, and you you know that. Yeah, they do. It is that, that, unfortunately, that's that kind of industry. That's why I would rather do things by myself. Then you can do it by yourself. Yeah. You just, you just need a plan in place, knowing when to do it. Obviously, you need to keep your lashes on board to get your income while you're building up your brand. Yeah. But once you've done it, I just see YouTube going off, you know, every... every yeah, right, What do. is it? What's that? It's a thousand. It's six quid every thousand views you get. So, you know, you can, you can if you monetize it right, you know. No, I want to do it. You're going to do it. You've got, you've got to do it. I you know. ain't gone through all this shit just to kind of 
you're nothing. There's nothing wrong with your lashes, mate. And it, need, it but it just serves wow. a purpose. You're not. You, you said it wrong then, and I was like, she got to say anything. <laughs> it's eyebrows. <laughs> right. It's fine. Not that I know either of them. <laughs> um, but you're not being for all that shit to do that. No, I know. You just need a plan in place. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a reason you come on podcasts. And I, honestly, I can't thank you enough for coming sharing your story no, and trust me. I mean, everybody's fucking listening to it. Go and buy Ellen's book, even though I've not read it. I don't need to now. It is good. <laughs> yeah, it so is. It's so really old. good. <laughs> um, the reviews speak for themselves. If. Uh, it, from your point of view, just before we end it, right, who who is Helen Wood, the brand? I would see myself as someone that is very honest and wants to help. Help, help him being honest. But all whilst remain, like, I want some kind of, I don't want things to be too serious. Like, I love having a laugh, like, taking the piss. Yeah. I think things have got way too serious. Yeah. You can't say anything anymore. Oh, yeah. That does me a in. And that's why a podcast, I think, would be good for me because mm. you don't have to be anywhere near as wary or curb what you're saying as yeah. much. So, I'd love to go on TV again, but at the same time, can't You don't really. need them. You don't need them. If, you, you, get, if you get your video content right with, with your podcast right and then you get it right and then some of the things that you come out with and you actually chop them up as clips and put them everywhere... And then they come over. You can do your own. You don't need anybody else, mate. Yeah. It's your own TV channel. You can invite whoever you want, talk about whatever you want, but you need to know how to monetize it and how to earn money from it and leave, you know, the reputation that you want to leave behind. So when people type your name into Google, it comes up author, you know, just a person who is here just to look after people and make sure they're all right. It's pretty good reputation, that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I want it for all sorts, all sorts of reasons, um, but mainly to, I think, more of the honesty kind of thing, just bringing honesty back and stop yeah. sugarcoating stuff, and then maybe people might actually feel a bit better about their lives, because pussyfooting around things doesn't help anybody, so never did me any harm anyway, I was honest with myself, and I think that's why I've grown so resilient, and I've got skin like a fucking rhino. Like a rhino? Because, yeah. Because I was just kind of honest with myself and kind of learned to deal with things myself. What do you put out on your Instagram at the minute, would you say? What, what's the, the brand that you put out at the minute on your Instagram? Pointless shit. Yeah. Just like meaningless stuff. Just yeah. pictures, stupid videos. Yeah. Like, I'm always, like, dicking around doing something or... Yeah. Yeah. I'm never serious, really, on that. It doesn't have to be serious, but there's no point to it. And I think I want you to have a point to why you're doing your Instagram. Because you need to be putting out your message. You know what I mean? Once you start putting out that message, the people like Chloe's read your book and stuff will start to come I've seen some of the messages you get from people reading your book and I'm just like fucking hell mate it's just like it's how are you not capitalising on this why are you not like do you know what I mean Cause I, don't, I, I just need the guidance yeah. I don't know where I'm going and like I don't want to like I don't like going about money and stuff like that but I've wasted a lot of money kind of doing things in the past Yeah. and I just can't do that anymore too old to waste 
and that's what I've done in the past, so I think that's what I'm fearful of as well. So, but no, I know exactly what I want to do and where I'd like to see myself, where I do see myself, just got to get there. You need it, you can't I do it. I love with, talking. You can't do it without a plan. No, I know. You can't just show up on podcasts and just think, we need a plan in place, mate. Yeah. That's it, Ellen. Have you got any questions for Ellen? You seem very quiet. Did you feel like Ellen's intimidated? No, you do need to start Ellen's putting intimidated more stuff on with, with the power. More, more stuff from your book. Just because when you go on your Instagram and stuff, that's just not you. No, when you no. read your book, you come across, yeah, you still swear. Yes, it's still yeah. like the witty one-liners. You are so funny. But even in the book, even with everything going on in the book, you're still funny in it. But then you go on your Instagram and you're just like a beefer. Oh, it's just not. No, it's literally like, I know what you mean. Who's this Belland? It's just this, like. It's, it's just any other. It's, like, it's any other it, influencer. Like, you're always away. You're always in a beefer. I'm like, I'm fucking never away. I'm like, I, what am I meant to upload? Just like me sitting on the couch. <laughs> get this nailed this is one i said last time you come in i wanted to help you define what that was so if anybody came to the manchester news and went oh helen you fancy doing this you go no i'm sorry but it doesn't fit my brand you don't know that yet you kind of accept every you know what i mean you need to stand for something so we know what you're going to be putting on social media yeah. to get the best out of it yeah so chloe's going to email you some dates and you come in for an hour and we're going to come up with a bit of a plan yeah. yeah, I'm going to send you some questionnaires and stuff to fill in. Yeah. Right, I want to know what you want, Ellen, now. Yeah. Right, I'm not any of our control, all we're going to do is just help you chart out a path and it's up to you to just fucking walk it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just down to you. Okay. You don't need anybody else. No, I know. You don't, it's just, it's just scary as fuck because it's so technology involved in it and yeah. stuff like that that people just kind of go, I can't, I'm just overwhelmed yeah, by it. Yeah, that's it is, but... Just a quick one, does your son tell his friends who his mum is? They all know anyway. Do they? Yeah. He's had the same friends for years and they're all kind of just... I'm just Helen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they all know who I am and like what I've done, so... Can you sign me book for me, so... And mine. Mm. Sorry, Helen, but... You fucking sing it. It's not about you. People, thanks for not reading. <laughs> How many times have you told your story? Quite a few. I've never got into that though, ever. There you are.
Tchau.